Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 104. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, have you ever wanted to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? Just record an MP3, send it to my team here at Entrepreneur on Fire, and we do the rest. It's really that simple. Visit podplatform.com, that's podplatform.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jonathan Fields. Jonathan, are you prepared to ignite? I am. All right. Jonathan is an author, serial entrepreneur, and founder of online media and education venture, goodlifeproject.com. He's on a mission to help individuals and organizations become more agile, creative, and innovative, and create better outcomes with a greater sense of ease. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Jonathan, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to know who you are, and then tell us a little bit about your business. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I have a storied history. Uh, I was the lemonade stand kid, as I'm sure a lot of uh, people that you speak with are, yes. and uh, had my first real company in college, um, which was a mobile sound and lighting disc jockey business, detoured through law school, ended up being uh, an enforcement attorney for the SEC, and then uh, a deal lawyer for a large firm in New York City before um, my body fell apart on me, uh, sent me into the hospital, and um, sent me back to building businesses and helping other people build businesses. So uh, my next adventure after that was actually building a health club um, in the New York City area. Built, built that for two and a half years and sold the company. After that, at, um, living in Hell's Kitchen, married with a, a, a little girl, and we opened a, um, a yoga center in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Grew that for seven years to one of the largest studios in the city and um, sold that company at the end of 2008. And for the last four years or so, most of my energies have been focused on growing business online, uh, writing books, and um, just sort of creating really interesting experiences. The latest venture, goodlifeproject.com, launched earlier this year. And as you mentioned, it's an, an education and media enterprise where um, we produce a broadcast quality web show where we do some really cool in-depth interviews with uh, entrepreneurs, artists, uh, thought leaders from uh, all over the country. Um, and uh, it's filmed on location, and um, the uh, the other part of the brand is the education side. Where um, earlier this year we we started building a sort of a dual track alternative MBA program for people who want to build really exceptional businesses around a certain um, lifestyle. And uh, we've been running a ten month immersion program. We're about to roll out a whole bunch of additional um, pretty cool offerings in twenty thirteen. So that's kind of where we're at right now. That's awesome stuff, Jonathan. And I really look forward to delving more into that later. But just as an early little plug, I love the goodlifeproject.com. I'm an avid fan. I go, I check it out every time you have a new video up there. So I definitely recommend All Fire Nation. Go check it out. You will not be disappointed. So let's transition now to our first real topic of the show, Jonathan. And that's our success quote. Because at Entrepreneur on Fire, we love getting the motivational ball rolling for the content that you're going to share with us today. So what do you have for us? Uh, one of the things that I love is a quote from Helen Keller that's the life is either a daring adventure or nothing and because it really symbolizes a willingness to, to go to places that scare a lot of people including us as entrepreneurs um, in order to lean into this place where amazing things happen in life 
Awesome. Now, can you take that down to the ground level? How do you actually apply this mentality, this mantra to your everyday life or to your business? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is um, is willing to take risks. And um, it, it's a willingness to go to a place and, and make decisions and take actions when you don't have perfect information. You don't know how it's going to end. But there's something inside of you that says something needs to be birthed. There's a pain that needs you know, solving or there's a delight that I want to create that needs to exist in the world that will somehow leave the place better and, and allow me to, to sort of like to push forward with my journey of creation on the planet. So, you know, to me, uh, it, mindset is, is the killer app when it comes to building anything, whether it's, you know, a body of work, a company, whatever it may be. We tend to really focus in on field-specific knowledge. You know, like I want to code, I want to design, I want to, I want to build this or that, or these systems or these products, and that's great. You need that that sort of fundamental knowledge base. But there are a lot of people that have that identical knowledge base and capabilities, but they don't do anything in the entrepreneurial world. They don't bring anything to life. You know, and one of the big differentiators is um, is, is your ability to actually take action in the face of uncertainty, in the face of risk of loss, in the face of fear of judgment and failure. And that's about mindset training. And, you know, the interesting thing is um, that I think a lot of people think you either have that or don't. And the people that have that are the ones who become natural entrepreneurs. And there are a small number of people who have it naturally, but a far greater number of people actually don't have it. And they either intentionally or, or inadvertently end up training it into themselves. And um, so that's kind of a, you know, where I think a lot of, um, a lot of focus in, in my world has been is you know not just building my own ventures these days, but also understanding what are the broader mindset ideals and, and strategies and practices that allow people to go to that place where they don't know how it's going to end um, because you have to go to there to bring anything extraordinary to life, but they still take action and they'll still make decisions. Man, that is a powerful insight, Jonathan. And let's use that to transition to our next topic, which is failure, challenges, obstacles that every entrepreneur has to come at some point on their journey Every day, every month, every year, we face these challenges. It's part of being an entrepreneur. It defines us as people. Can you take us back to some point in your journey when you really faced a major obstacle or just a failure and how you overcame that? <laughs> Man, I, well, as, as I'm sure you know, if you talk to any entrepreneur, there are, there are a lot more of those than there are successes. <laughs> um, at least the ones that are willing to admit it. Um, you know, for me, it, it, it happens all the time. I'm in constant testing and iteration and improvement mode. So, um, you know, when I, when I look at, um, the last you know, huge, huge failure point, my last company, brick and mortar company was, um, I went into it, uh, with a desire to actually create uh, a franchise. So we actually went through the entire franchise process. We rolled out two fresh test franchises for the company. And after about a year, I pulled the plug on them because I realized that um, it was scalable, it was growable, but the amount of effort that I would have to put into it in contrast to reallocating that effort into other growth modalities or other projects or other things, um, it wasn't going to pay off the way that I wanted to. So, you know, big chunk of time, big chunk of money um, that went into that, that, you know, essentially we had to shut the whole, we didn't have to, but I made the decision to shut the whole thing down. And um, you know, from the outside in, it hurt, um, and it took a couple of years to get back to uh, you know to the point where I was fully recovered, both reputation-wise, money-wise. But man, going through the process of letting up a franchise, going through the entire process of putting it together, testing it out, seeing what worked, what didn't work. When you think about um, the knowledge that that added 
to, you know, to me moving forward as I look at how to systematize and operationalize um, different businesses and ideas, it's invaluable. So I took a hit in the short term, and so it really hurt in the short term. Long term, you know, the big message, and, and this is a big message for so many entrepreneurs, is, is almost everything is recoverable. And when you actually turn around and you say, okay, um, what's the lesson here? You know, how do I turn this experience into my teacher? What do I draw from this so that I'm better prepared moving forward? That's where the power of failure comes from. So Jonathan, so many entrepreneurs that I talk to talk about leveraging their time. They talk about no longer trading time for money. They talk about scalability. What's your take on this? You know, I have mixed feelings on it. Um, but my bigger question is, why do you want to scale? Um, you know, I, I think there's so much sex appeal. There's so much media attention. There's, yeah. Um, somebody I know who I love in, in this space a couple of years back, Amy Hoy, coined the phrase entreporn. You know, when you look online, all you see in, in the big websites is entreporn. It's like, you know, everyone's talking about the big deals and the rapid scaling and the hockey stick growth, and which is great, but the question is to what end? You know, why do you want to scale? You know, if you're, if you're younger and you have very little responsibility and you're willing to go absolutely all in with every element of your life and to do this thing, that's one thing. What if you're a little bit later in life? What if you're 30s, 40s, and 50s? What if you're married and you have a family and kids or a partner you absolutely adore and you want to see and you want to be as present in their lives as humanly possible? Scaling has a cost. And you know what, you have to go in eyes wide open is the whole thing. So to me, there's no, there's no yes or no. There's no right or wrong with your desire to, to iterate and scale and go big. The question is why. You've got to be deliberate about it and you've got to go in and seeing clearly and owning the fact that to go big is going to, there's also going to be really substantial um, personal cost to that. If you're okay with that and you're willing to do it deliberately and with intention and you understand and you're willing to reassess along the way, you know, um, rock on. If you're not, I think that's completely cool too, you know. Uh, but I think the most important thing is not really um, whether you're going to scale or whether scaling is good or bad, but asking why. Absolutely. And thanks for being honest with that. And thanks for really breaking down your beliefs with those different kind of scalings and leveragings and all of that, because there is so much out there. And that word entreporn is really prevalent these days. And I could not agree more with what you're saying. You really need to break it down and boil it down and what makes sense to you. So on that note, Jonathan, we're going to transition to the other end of the spectrum. You were really generous and shared with us a failure or a challenge that you came across with your franchise. But there's also the other end, which is the aha moment. And as entrepreneurs, we are blessed at having aha moments on small levels every single day. But can you take us back to a time in your journey when you had this big light bulb come on and you really said, wow, this is something that's going to resonate well. And then how did you take that aha moment and turn it into success? Well, actually, so we'll talk about a different business that I run. So I have a couple of different ventures right now. One is called Tribal Author, which is um, it's an online education, book marketing education venture. Where we have uh, training that bring people through a book marketing program. So I'm an author also. I've published another book with major publishers and, and, and done a deep dive and learned a ton about how to market books um, in you know, a world where publishing is one of the most disruptive and disrupted industries in the planet right now. So... Um, Going into that, you know, I threw a lot of stuff up against the wall, a lot worked on, a lot didn't work. And and when I was done with it, I saw a lot of people doing things that were wasting a ton of money and paying people for services that were 
really useless and I got frustrated. So I wrote a 29-page manifesto and put it out into the world and it, it kind of caught fire. And it was an eye-opening moment for me because I did it basically because I just wanted to help people and to write something that was really valuable for authors who were, whose heads were spinning. I've been trying to figure out which way is up. And going public with my thoughts, um, the response to that was so dynamic and so fast that it made me realize it was a really big need in the market. We quickly built that into um, into you know a website. And what started then as a series of live events, which sold out quickly, and then transitioned that into um, a, a, an online training and education program. So, you know, it was, it was an interesting time where I basically said, okay, I've learned a lot about this one very focused area. There are a lot of people in pain. There's huge need and huge confusion and huge disruption. Um, I wanted to create a little bit of clarity in that space. So I put out a document that I hoped would do so. And the response was amazing. The market said, yes, 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 we want more. And from there, I just started developing solutions. And the idea wasn't, you know, that was never supposed to be a business for me. It was never supposed to be anything substantial, even though it's grown into one. And the idea was, you know, that people were in need. And if I could solve a problem for a lot of people, um, then because I, I have sort of, a, you know, an unusual expertise in business and marketing for an author and, and understanding how to do these things, then it, it was sort of like the market was calling me to help in a way that um, that I was capable of serving. So. It's, uh, it's another venture that, that just kind of grows on the side and I have an operating partner with that business now also. And um, that, that was a really fun thing to bring to life. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that other venture. Jonathan, have you had an I've made it moment? No. <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't. Um, I, mean, I mean, there are plenty of moments where I've, I've said, okay, we've turned a corner or we're, you know, we've, there are certain metrics where I'd be like, okay, you know, we can. We can pay the rent when I was in brick and mortar entrepreneurship. We can cover our payroll. We're making good money now. You know, like we're launching another division. Um, but uh, to me, I'm in constant growth mode. I, I have a just massive love of building and creating. So um, I, to me, there's, you know, the only there, there is here now. I'm not looking to be at a particular place where I can kick back and say I've made it. I just want to keep doing things that keep me engaged and serve in some bigger way for as long as I can. No, I love that answer, Jonathan. And I love this question specifically because every entrepreneur looks at this question differently. Some say, man, John, I have an I've made it moment every single day. Others say, I'll never have an I've made it moment because that means that the journey's over and the journey's never over. And for me, I am a big believer in the journey. An entrepreneur on fire is about the journey of an entrepreneur and how you need to really enjoy those corners that you're turning or those milestones that you're hitting and really appreciate those points in life that you're working so hard for. You just can't just set these goals, reach them, and then just put your head down and set the next goal even higher. I mean, life is about the journey. It's about enjoying it. And that's really going to make what all encompasses being an entrepreneur worthwhile. So, I'm definitely glad that you're enjoying those corners that you're turning. I agree with you when you say that you haven't had an I've made a moment. I don't believe I've had one. I don't think I ever will have one as I define it because to me, it's the end of the journey. Yeah. And, you know, fundamentally, what I, I want to be engaged in what I'm doing. You know, one of, the, one of the most joyful things you can do in life, in business, in relationships, whatever it is, is develop the capacity to be fully present with whatever it is that you're doing. And when you're constantly focused on getting somewhere else, you know, it's, it's good to be aspirational. It's good to want to build and serve and, and strive for something. But fundamentally, it's not good to do that if, 
if the only way that you can do it is to lose your connection with the present moment because it, you end up basically living a life of suffering and dissatisfaction when you do that. Absolutely. So Jonathan, let's talk about your current business right now. Let's talk about the Good Life Project. I am so into it myself because I'm a big believer in what you're doing. And I've also heard some different interviews that you've done and some different blogs that you've talked about the Good Life Project. And I know that you've had some feedback from certain people that said, man, Jonathan, this just really isn't a money-making venture or this just really isn't something you're going to be able to sustain, blah, 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 all these things that you hear, which the exact same things that I was hearing when I was building the platform for Entrepreneur on Fire, I had a lot of coaches, mentors, and peers that were saying, John, you can't sustain five days a week interviewing another entrepreneur. You're going to burn out. You cannot sustain that. But I truly had a vision. I had a passion. It was going to take up all of my focus. And thus far, I've done 104 interviews, all with great entrepreneurs. I have no aspirations of stopping. This is something that I'm completely devoted to. I love it. And when I hear you talking about the Good Life Project, I sense a lot of that as well. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, there are definitely parallels. I mean, people still say to me this day, where do you find all these people? You know, are you going to run out of things to talk about or people to talk to? And I'm just thinking, if you saw the list, the size of the list of people that I haven't yet interviewed and the topics that we haven't yet covered compared to what we have done already, you know, it's vastly larger. And I have people lined up to do this. So, you know, there's no end in sight. But, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do is earlier this year, um, I put out something called my annual report, which which turned into this 40-page document, which kind of looked back on 2011. It started as a personal reflection, and, and I ended up turning it into something that I wanted to share um, to help other people in, in developing their own reflective practices. And that thing took off in the beginning of this year. And, um, and I teased this thing called Good Life Project in the beginning, and I honestly wasn't sure what it was going to be at that point. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is the first thing that we launched was actually the education side of the brand, which was a, a high-end 10-month uh, you know, um, very intimate, only 15 people in this program where it's an alternative mastermind program where it, it's basically about building a business and a life a different way where we have positive psychologists on faculty with a whole bunch of different, you know, we have a real faculty that's educating with a dual track program. So there's, you know, there's a business track and there's a, a science-based mindset track. And, um, and, and we sold that out. You know, we had 105 applications for um, a small number of spots. And, uh, you know, so, so the actual business was humming along and generating, you know, significant revenue before the web show ever launched because there was just demand for the solutions that we were, we were creating. And about two months after that, we launched the web show. And the goal of the web show, you know, the brand is three parts. It's, it's to inspire, to educate, and to support mission-driven individuals um, who are looking to explore what it means to live a good life. And very often that's entrepreneurs, artists, world shakers, movement starters, but it can also be C-level executives, um, you know, people in larger organizations who have a very sort of entrepreneurial and building um, and service-oriented spirit. And, um, you know, what I wanted to do with the web show was a couple of things. One is completely raise the bar with um, video production values on the web. We see a lot of stuff that's, you know, people have the ethic in social media has been, well, you know, you can get by with very little money doing very little. And I want to completely change it. So I want to create a show that was much closer in broadcast value and quality to TV than web. So, you know, we film on location with a full crew with a three-camera shoot. It's professionally edited and filmed. So I want to put out a product that was just exceptional in terms of the production value. And then, and then bringing guests who were not your, your everyday guests. So, you know, it's, our, our guests span the spectrum from 
world-class artists to research, um, you know, cognitive scientists and research professors to acclaimed behavioral psychologists and behavioral econo- you know, economists like Dan Ariely um, to, you know, a bunch of New York Times best-selling authors. Um, people who's, who either are telling an extraordinary story with the way they're living their lives or who are expertise in one particular area, which would really add to the body of knowledge for people. And with the show, there's, there's actually one other um, sub-theme, which is that um, I'm married and I have an 11-year-old daughter. And I got kind of frustrated with the lack of attention to really powerful story of women doing great things in the world in the mainstream media. And I kind of said to myself, you know, um, if there's a problem out there, I need to be part of the solution. So, you know, the show is, is very strongly focused on making sure that we spotlight at least 50% of our interviews are women so that we can really um, keep a much stronger balance than you tend to see in mainstream media. So, the, you know, and there was a big presentation for the show. And like you, you know, the, the resistance I got with the show and um, from people who I know and advisors and mentors and colleagues was that, A, it's a really expensive show to produce because of the quality that we're putting into it. And B, we're shooting um, anywhere from, you know, on average about a 40 to 45 minute show. And everyone's saying attention spans are getting shorter, shorter, shorter on the web. I don't know about you, but my entrepreneurial philosophy is everyone's zigging, I want to zag. And so I said, no, you know, if everybody's doing cheap and short, then if I do cheap and short, I'm no different than everybody else. I'm not adding anything to the ecosystem, value or experiential. So I want to do the opposite. You know, I want to go deep. I want to find extraordinary people and talk about things that go beyond sound bites and segments. And I want to do it in a really extraordinary setting and make it look and sound beautiful. So, um, and, and, you know, the reception to the show is like nothing I've ever done before. You know, I've had, I've written books with major publishers. I've been blogging for five years. I've spoken around the world and consulted. The email I get in response to the show has absolutely blown my mind. And it's, you know, we're building not only a nice brand and a nice, and a nice business, um, but at the same time, you know, there's a bigger quest, which is yeah, to change lives, which is to inspire people to actually go out and, and live well and give well. And if we can, you know, provide the inspiration and the education and support to help people do that, then, um, then you know, it's an exciting thing to, to do. That's awesome, Jonathan. And Entrepreneur on Fire is really the audio vision and goal of that as well. So I just love to hear the parallels that we have. And it's exactly what I'm trying to do in, in the world. So I commend you on what you're doing. Now, I don't want you to play favorites, but share some details about one of your shows that you really loved so Fire Nation can get a good vibe about what it's all about. Yeah, sure. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll share two or three. Um, the show that we did with Brene Brown, who's, you know, Brene is this, uh, you know, multiple time New York Times bestselling author. She's a, um, she researches essentially human behavior and vulnerability and um, fear as a research professor, and she speaks about it. She got one of the top 10 TED Talks in the world. And the conversation with her really blew my mind. She is so, so smart. Um, And everything that she talked about comes from her research rather than her synthesis of other people's work. So everything is numbers-based with her, and she's so human and humble at the same time. So the Brene Brown Show um, was really powerful for me, also because we're both parents and um, and we could bring in the experience of, of you know what happens when you actually get vulnerable in life and how you can t- actually take vulnerability with it, which most people frame as a weakness, 
And what her research shows is actually that it's, it's one of the most powerful assets that you have as a leader and creator is your willingness to actually show vulnerability. Um, so it was really eye-opening for me. Um, another one that, that uh, I really enjoyed doing was Seth Godin. Um, just kind of walking through some of his recent projects. And, uh, you know, if anyone knows Seth, you know, Seth is a professional ruckus maker. Yeah. Yeah. He likes to shake things up and he likes to encourage other people to shake things up. So I had some questions because he did some really fascinating things here from, you know, uh, yeah, and, and especially launching, launching a book on Kickstarter that raised over $200,000 in a couple of days. So I want to dive deeper and find out what really went on there and why he did it and how the whole thing happened. So it's fascinating to go deep with him on ideas around the publishing industry and also just starting businesses. I also think our leadoff episode um, was pretty amazing. Dan Ariely, who's a professor at Duke and uh, wrote the bestseller, um, Predictably Rational, and a number of others, um, is an amazing guy, 18 years old. He was burned on 70% of his body, spent three years in the hospital in Israel, and in that excruciating state every single day, became fascinated with how people experience pain and the placebo effect and how we convince ourselves that, um, about certain things. And that experience actually led him down the road to develop this, this career as, as a world-acclaimed behavioral economist and psychologist and author and you know, beloved professor. And um, it was really, really, really powerful. And again, I, I'm really drawn to people who, um, who don't quote fluff, who actually live and breathe and research and have numbers and data to back up things. So even though I'm very mindset-oriented, I, I come at it from a very science-backed um, standpoint. So to the extent that I can get access to the people who are actually doing the research, I love when we can create experiences like that and then share it with people. Wow. Well, that was three great synopsis of three awesome people. I really cannot wait to go back and rewatch the Ariely one. I didn't know that about him originally. So that's just some crazy stuff. And that's just phenomenal. So thank you for sharing that, Jonathan. And we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds. And this is where I ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, not too much pressure there, right? (laughs) (laughs) What was holding you back, Jonathan, from becoming an entrepreneur? Nothing. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. You were the lemonade stand boy. Yeah. What is the best business advice that you ever received? Align what you do with who you are. Let it become an organic manifestation of what allows you to come alive in the world. Mm, Well said. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? Uh, Funny enough, um, my mindset practice, my daily meditation practice is one of the greatest force multipliers um, for success in business and life on the planet. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I, the first thing I do when I roll out of bed every day is as I sit and I, I do a, city, a seating mindfulness practice for 25 minutes. And um, not only does it allow you to handle stress and challenge with a far greater sense of equanimity and ease and just be at peace, you know, which is a really hard thing for entrepreneurs to do, but it also completely ramps up your creativity, your cognitive function, your problem-solving ability. It literally, it makes you smarter and calmer. And it's, it's one of the ultimate tools for anybody who's looking to create something from nothing. And what are you doing during these 25 minutes specifically? I literally, the instruction is really simple. I literally sit and your know, mindfulness practice, you sit and, and I just observe my breath, the sensation of it, the sound of it, 
And as, as thoughts come into my mind, I, I let them go and return to my breath. So, you know, that instruction is really easy. The practice of doing that, not so easy. It, it takes a long time to get, you know, remotely comfortable doing it. Wow. But um, there's no dogma, there's no religion, there's no deeper philosophy. It's a very straightforward practice. But there's actually about 15 years of extraordinary research on how it literally rewires your brain. And what's the specific name of this, Jonathan? Uh, mindfulness. Mindfulness meditation. So, Jonathan, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Yeah, you know, I actually I I like um, Evernote. I've been exploring uh, Asana as a task management platform lately, which I'm finding really interesting. Um, and those are probably two that I use um, that I use most often these days. What book would you recommend for Fire Nation? <laughs> Besides mine, <laughs> <laughs> yours will absolutely be linked up in the show notes. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I'm reading uh, uh, a really fascinating book right now, actually, that um, just came out last week called Mastery by Robert Greene, um, who wrote The 48 Laws of Power. It's, um, you know, it's a dense book. There's a lot of information in it, but it's, it's pretty extraordinary, especially for anybody who's really trying to figure out why they're here and then how to, how to become extraordinary at, uh, at anything. Awesome. We will link that up in the show notes as well. So Jonathan, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one. So you can take a second, digest, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew nobody. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? I uh, find people and places to serve. I mean, fundamentally, that's, that's what I do. You know, that's what entrepreneurs do. The moment you think it's all about you, you lose. The moment you, you look at the community and you say, how can I serve? you win. Um, whether you win money-wise, whether you win in what you build, you win in, in the relationships that you create, the depth um, and the quality of them. Um, that's what it's about. It truly is that simple. And I love how you put it. Jonathan, you've given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Um, never let your life or your business or your ideas be bound by the limitations of other people's perception about what's possible or not. People tell you you can do it or you can't do it. They may or may not be right, but the only way you'll know if it's right for you is if you actually go out and kick the tires, test it yourself, come to your own conclusions, and then guide yourself by um, your own experience. Awesome. And give yourself a plug. Uh, Jonathan Fields at uh, goodlifeproject.com. Awesome, Jonathan. We will link that up in the show notes as well. Thank you for being so generous with your time, expertise, and knowledge. Fire Nation, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire generates every month consisting of passionate entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, the impact equation with great results. If you would like to have 15 seconds at the top of our show to share your product or message, go to sponsoreofire.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. 
Prepare to ignite.